Welcome to the Why Not Podcast with me, Chrissy Hawkins. In a world where everybody asks you why, I'm here to ask why not. So sit back and relax or walk and listen and join me on this journey as we try to answer this never-ending question. What makes people say why not? Hey guys, welcome back to Why Not. So today I have got Beth Davis on with me. So she is a personal trainer who specialises in pelvic health. And it's really, really important, especially for women in all stages of life. And if you do not look after it, it can cause a multiple range of symptoms, which Beth is going to explain about. And we talk a bit of a little bit about, well, pre and postnatal, because it's not all about that. But it can affect women in different stages of life as well. So Guys, if you do have any symptoms of issues, I hope you enjoy this episode because it might actually give you a few light bulb moments as well. And especially like we do actually discuss what the pelvic floor is in case you don't know what that is. So I hope you enjoy this episode, guys. So hi, guys. Welcome back to Why Not? So today I have got Beth Davies on the podcast with me. So she is a personal trainer who specialises in pelvic health, which is something you may not know about, but I'm really excited to talk to her about. So welcome to the podcast, Beth. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks so much for having me on and for having a discussion about pelvic health. <laughs> it's brilliant. Like it's, It seems like um, something that should be, to me in a sense, should be really obvious but I think it's very underlooked in the fitness industry. So how did you get into this area of fitness? So, um, yeah, I, I kind of completely agree with you that it sort of gets a little bit overlooked. Um, and I first started my um, business ooh, about nine years ago. And I kind of started on the premise that actually... Um, a lot of things, um, particularly around women, were kind of overlooked. So whether that was menstrual health or pelvic health or, you know, where they are in their cycle, their nutrition needs. And the fact that women, more so than men, kind of have different seasons. And actually it's a thinking about the season that a woman is in, um, you know, and having had a baby is one of those, menopause is one of those, and thinking about like the challenges that women face around that. Um, and I guess I kind of set it up as more of like, you know, a, a general fitness thing um, and started to um, kind of work exclusively with women. Um, and I always said that I wasn't gonna just work with women, um, but I found myself, just working with women and as I started to I guess um, narrow down kind of who I was working with started working with more pregnant clients and postnatal clients and went through my own journey having my family and um, kind of seeing that for a lot of the clients that I was working with the pelvic health aspect wasn't really being talked about within, you know, what they might be doing in the gym or, you know, even in their six week kind of post birth check, it was just like green light exercise, ready to go. Um, and women were experiencing symptoms and being like, you know, no one's talking about these things. Um, I didn't realize that I could leak 
you know, 10 months after having a baby, I thought I'd be fine by now. Um, and these women also had, you know, athletic goals and they were active and they'd been active pre-pregnancy and they wanted to continue to be active to, you know, do what they were doing before. And if nothing else, to be able to run after their kids. Um, and yeah, it just kind of kept narrowing down. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of, yeah, a rather diluted way of saying where I've got to. Uh, no, I suppose that's a, a really good way of saying it because um, I suppose the fitness industry have had a kind of, obviously it's male dominated, so they've had a bit of, in a sense, issue with treating women like smaller men, but we're not. We're completely different. Um, and I think that is only coming to the fore now. Like there's a lot more people talking about like hormone health and women like training differently and like even through the, your cycle, certain training is better for you than others which before it would have been like, no, you're fine. Just keep going. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I don't recall in my personal training qualification, there being much chat about hormonal health or pelvic health or, you know, any of those things. And even when I did a pre and postnatal qualification, you know, I remember, well, one, being told I was now a specialist. Um, For a day. And, and two, I think in like the case study, I put someone on a treadmill at six weeks and that was totally fine. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just the sort of, you know, the, the level of education, that depth of education, I think really needs to evolve. Um, you know, and it's not for every trainer to talk about pelvic health, but just to be aware that it can influence how someone feels about themselves, what they're able to do, you know, how certain movements might not be the most appropriate at certain, you know, stages or, you know, or times of their life. Yeah. So what kind of so what kind of ways can this affect a woman? Like, you know, if um their pelvic health for one better description, you can use whatever words you want as well to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> so um you know, we tend to think of um, pelvic health and kind of pelvic floor just being something that, you know, someone might do some pelvic floor exercises if they've had a baby or, you know, if they're pregnant and, and whatever. Um, you know, and I always think about pelvic health being quite a broad um, term. So it can be anything from, you know, symptoms that someone might be experiencing. So that might be pelvic pain. It might be leaking, whether that's during exercise or not. It could be um, symptoms of prolapse. So things like heaviness in the pelvis or, you know, noticing that you can't keep a tampon in. Um, so you, you kind of have like the symptoms. There's things like, you know, bowel and bladder habits, um, nutrition I think is part of pelvic health as well so it's actually quite like a expansive kind of holistic mm. topic um and you know for me it's it's often about communicating that pelvic health doesn't have to be a barrier to mm. an active life because for so many women you know and the research backs this up that actually something like leaking um stops women from exercising and you know if a woman has been diagnosed with pelvic organ prolapse which is like a descent of the pelvic organs which leaves that feeling of, of heaviness they quite often stop 
exercising because they've been told not to do this and not to do that and you know it it creates just you know this fear of movement and just a lot of inactivity which for lots of my clients is important for their physical health but also their mental health as well and there's a big link kind of between pelvic health and mental health yeah I understand that it's interesting that you mentioned the leaking because like I suppose that's almost like a running joke that if you have kids that's gonna happen and that's it like you don't do anything about it it's just part of life but it doesn't really have to be like that does it no not at all and I think that's it and I think for women a lot of the messages that they perhaps receive whether that's from their healthcare provider or just you know the little jokes they have with their friends about oh don't go on the trampoline kind of thing is is kind of keeping them there and that they've chosen to have a baby and therefore they have to deal with leaking or prolapse or whatever it is and and actually it takes quite a lot of you know guts for for women to say no I'm not going to accept that you know I can't run without leaking or I have to live with this for the rest of my life um because quite often the earth just you know pop a pad in and you know kind of everyone's you know oh what happens to everyone if they're running or jumping or you know god forbid you get on a trampoline yeah um you know and and certainly within fitness where we kind of um you know sort of glorify you know intense workouts and prs and lifting and that almost like leaking occurs as sort of part of a it's kind of just part of that um, yeah and it, it's always that thing about it is not only it's something that you don't need to tolerate it's, it's perhaps a signal that there's something going on in the body with a particular movement that perhaps needs a little bit of looking at yeah and that's that's good to, I think it's really good to note that as well because um as I said like it is those jokes and it's like well it happens to everybody but it there's a lot of things I find especially women's health like and it comes back to like the hormonal health and stuff you know like people have really severe PMS and they don't actually have to have severe PMS that can actually that's a sign of something else and people are just like well that's just the way it is but it, but it's not yeah and often that comes from like you know the conversations they may have had with you know the family doctor or you know someone who has kind of um brushed it off as well that's your normal kind of thing leaves no kind of um opportunity for someone to say is it like hang on you know because we kind of take what we're told and you know those painful periods well actually that is that is my normal mm. and not encouraged to ask more questions or to you know to say well like you know I, I want to find out a little bit more and I find out why that is yeah do, do you find um if people are talking well I'm kind of guessing if people are talking about this you can you kind of have with the knowledge going well you don't you know you don't have to be like that um do they find that hard to believe yeah I think yeah I think they do I think um and I often think it can take well it, it the research backs this up that it takes a long time for people to perhaps 
get into you know that action stage Mm. you know when we you know PT stuff and they did like that kind of consideration thing and and behavior change and Mm. it, it can take a long time for people to move through that so that could be down to lots of different factors it could be down to you know um time I find that um it can come down to someone being able to prioritize their health and their needs Mm. and that might happen for example when you know um someone's children go to school and they feel like oh now I have some time and some space and some energy for myself that often marks a point where people start to seek some answers yeah and when like you see kind of like there's a whole range of different things when you get clients coming in is there any like say specific tests you do or we just kind of go off out of their feeling or you know is there kind of a structure or kind of it can be client to client basis I know as well <laughs> yeah so a lot of my clients will have um seen a women's health physio um, and likely they will have done an internal assessment mm-hmm. so quite often they, they have been diagnosed already with you know pelvic organ prolapse or um, they have experienced leaking and have gone to get some answers and the, the physio very rightly so has been their first point of kind of contact or, or mm-hmm. port of call um, and I take quite an in-depth kind of history so um almost like trying to pull the pieces together was there something for example about the type of birth they had that actually um you know has has perhaps contributed to some of the symptoms you know has there been an injury which you know might have been years ago but can still influence what's going on today could they be perimenopausal um so I tend to take that history um, and I look at um, how they breathe because breathing can have a huge influence on the pelvic floor. Look at how they breathe, look at how they move. Um, sometimes we will look at the movements that are causing them problems and think about how we can work up, work back up to those movements so that we are kind of keeping them symptom free. Um, I use a lot of strength-based programming to support people back to doing perhaps what they were doing before. So whether that was running or, you know, lifting or CrossFit. That's interesting as well, saying that the strength-based program for um, people are running. And I think that's another thing that's, I suppose, say coming to the fore is like you know strength training goes hand in hand with cardio training for people who are training as in any form of like field and and running sport like that um which you know previously before you know if you want to get back running you just keep running (laughs) yeah totally totally and I think you know what's uh, I love strength training so I'm totally biased (laughs) (laughs) but it yeah but it allows you to you know build back up full body strength alongside pelvic floor strength or coordination Mm. or functional whatever you know you're working on from a pelvic health perspective so that 
you know, when someone does go back to what they're doing, they often feel better, stronger. Um, they're often faster if they're going back to running. Um, so all of that stuff, you know, really benefits people. You know, women who are, um, you know, lifting babies or toddlers or carrying the shopping or whatever it is, ultimately that's, you know, that requires strength and therefore strength training plays a role and it's a really nice way to build someone back up but also being able to notice perhaps where symptoms kick in a little bit more and, and think well what is it about that movement or you know that position that is kind of like um you know there's some symptoms there but they weren't when they were taking it back a little bit so it's a useful way to really guess narrow down the elements to work on yeah yeah that's really interesting as well I like the way you mentioned as well you know the lifting babies and uh and carrying shopping at that as well because I do I'm sure you've come across this before when you've got people coming to the gym and you're asking them to lift weights and they're like oh I don't want to get bulky but like you're lifting your kid who could be 5 10 15 kilos depending on the size of them the age of them and you're not even thinking about it yeah and I think that's a a lot of um you know clients who've been through pregnancy and you know they perhaps haven't um exercised much or they haven't known what to do because advice around you know pregnancy and exercise is it's a bit of a minefield like lots of these areas and they get to that point and they're they're like I feel really weak and actually you want them to feel strong because they are lifting babies and buggies at the same time they're you know juggling a million things (laughs) they've got a baby strapped to them and three bags of shopping you know life is life is strength training isn't it so you know everything's like a strength exercise in my head so yeah I think it's important to to help them overcome the fear of perhaps you know using some load Mm. just because it's in a certain shape doesn't change what you're doing like yeah yeah so it's a lot more you know I know there's you know lots about functional you know fitness and training and I think yeah you know a a squat's important so we're doing those all day and a deadlift you're always going to be picking something up off the floor um and it's like yeah it's marrying those two things together yeah it's interesting you're talking about uh, pregnancy do you have many clients who are pregnant or did, is it more kind of post-pregnancy that they come to you do you find or kind of have a mix really um tends to be more postnatal clients um, and I am working with a few um, pregnant clients at the moment and they tend to be clients who have existing pelvic health concerns okay. and they're wanting to continue to move through pregnancy but they're also wanting to make sure things aren't getting any worse and they're wanting to um with my pregnant clients I talk about the recovery before they've had the baby so that kind of like things are in place when the baby Mm. arrives that they're able to get some of those um you know kind of elements of healing in already and they've kind of got that in their mind because once you have a baby like anything that you kind of 
plan to do or whatever sort of just goes out the window because you're so focused on you know just looking after a you know a little baby yeah no absolutely um I just thought it was interesting when you mentioned you know there's obviously like people say conflicting things about training with pregnancy and um, there is more of a swing now to people being like yes keep exercising keep strength training up as far as you can because like that it's going to aid your recovery and it's great to see that now that there's more women who are like you know just because they get pregnant they don't stop they keep going like we I've had a few yeah. in the gym who are like nearly a week or so beforehand they're still in doing classes which is really good to see yeah like I said that the information I think information is always improving mm-hmm. which is brilliant and I think it's you know it perhaps we're stepping away from the don't like don't do anything apart from something really gentle versus continue doing what you've always done until you feel like you can't do it it's like there's a real likes everything in fitness in yeah. life there's this like middly gray kind of messy bit in the middle um and it, a lot of the time it's about helping people kind of like navigate through that based on their own experience you know how strong they are how fit they are um you know mindset around it because that can be quite challenging to almost like take a step back a little bit and Mm. and not going all the way over to don't do anything apart from you know some really gentle stuff but equally as the body changes you have to change your training might also change and you are not giving up on your athletic goals but you're just really in tune with the season that you're in and what's going on with your own body yeah do you think that's an issue the fitness industry has had it's a bit too black and white yeah I think that's it I think that's every industry you know I don't know about you but I think yeah and and I think social media because that's where people often get a lot of the information it's easier to say do this exercise or don't do this exercise rather than have like a post which is like a discussion post and there's some nuance and you know, you know it's, you can do all of this yeah the benefits of both of these yeah it's, it's never as simple as like yes or no it's it's usually like it depends or based on this or the evidence would suggest it's yeah and we I think critical thinking is quite difficult when we're used to absorbing lots and lots of information really quickly we're scrolling through you know we are being served things because of what we might have looked at before you know some of that decision making can be quite tricky yeah that also doesn't help that stuff that something that sounds controversial or something that tells you something straight out tends to get more traction so then it's more likely to come up than the one giving you a very nice explanation about why it's all good for you yeah exactly yeah I'm totally with you on that so when it comes to like the pelvic so are you are you kind of predominantly focused on strengthening up the pelvic floor or would it be like kind of all muscles around the the kind of pelvic region like your glutes your kind of hip flexors that kind of thing as well or is it kind of more with building the pelvic floor do you find people have more issues with it's both of those things Mm -hmm. um 
and we can if we only focus on just the pelvic floor you're kind of missing out on that opportunity to strengthen everything else mm -hmm. you know our, our bodies are not little isolated bits the pelvic floor is part of one system mm. part of the core system that's part of a wider system so it's for my clients where I start is with the idea of like connection to the pelvic floor mm -hmm. so feeling what that's like to relax the pelvic floor because a lot of my clients struggle to kind of let it go um or to to let it relax um and also on the flip side what it feels like to connect to it and feel it move and feel it lift and then lower um and then building that idea into movement um you know and then depending on what their goals are might be adding load it might be building up tolerance to impact so it's kind of starting with the pelvic floor but actually there's a whole person mm -hmm to think about, um, you know, and also thinking about how someone feels about their pelvic floor or their pelvic health um, can be a big factor um, as well. I suppose actually one thing I probably possibly should have said before as well is, the, like, where is the pelvic floor? I know, <laughs> like, and you know, I think people know of it, but they probably don't actually know where it is, which is probably why, why you're like saying they don't know how to connect to it because they don't know where it is. Like I would say a lot of it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the, the pelvic floor muscles are a group of muscles um, and they run from the coccyx to pubis or pubis to, to coccyx. Um, it's almost like a, a sling or a hammock. Mm -hmm. um, and they're responsible for supporting the pelvic organs, or, you know, I would say like doing the right thing at the right time. So keeping someone dry, relaxing when you go to the toilet, you know, relaxing when someone has a baby um, and relaxing and stretching when someone has a baby. Um, they're important for sexual function. So they have lots of kind of like different roles to play. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that my clients often talk about is, like understanding about that anatomy really helps them one to kind of like how do I connect like oh like there it is I was trying to do this or you know I was perhaps pushing down because no one had ever explained that actually they come together and then they lift up mm -hmm. um but also I work with lots of clients who their pelvic floors tend to hold quite a lot of tension okay one of my clients she we were talking about the anatomy side and she said it was really useful to know that it was almost like a you know a sling or a or a hammock which moved because she'd been so focused on trying to keep this muscle straight like this and, and yeah. to not let it move that actually for her to know that really helped her to relax her pelvic floor um and really improve her symptoms that way yeah this was I was just thinking there like I hadn't actually said that because you know I suppose it's it kind of one of those buzzwords isn't it like your pelvic floor your core your what people like probably don't know where that actually is or like that especially the fact it's a hammock 
kind of style like even me I remember seeing that like on anatomy when I was learning I was like that's what that looks like (laughs) (laughs) what it's not a floor (laughs) yeah yeah and I think the idea that it's called a floor perhaps leads us to this idea that it is perhaps like here Mm. um but you know that idea of like a hammock I think is a really nice analogy because if you think about hammock like if it's like that it's too tight you've pinned it between those two trees you can't blooming sit on it because you're going to yeah. fall off because it's so tight but equally if it's too loose or too lax then you're not it's going to you know be on the floor or something like that so it's quite a useful way to like help someone visualize where where you kind of want that hammock so you you want to be able to sit in it and relax and chill and sleep versus you know not even be able to get onto it because it's so tight or be sat on the floor because it's actually there's it's kind of a bit too loose and too lax yeah no that's really really good way of explaining it actually um I'm going to remember that one (laughs) (laughs) um so when people come to kind of work on these kind of things how long can they expect it to take or is it really like person to person it's really person to person um and it completely depends on someone's symptoms and their experience um whether they are like early postnatal and they're also on that kind of like healing postnatal healing journey perhaps alongside some other pelvic health um symptoms some clients are they're perhaps bothered by leaking with a particular movement so it might be they're they're at a gym class and they leak when they do something specific Mm. and and quite often that might be um, a shorter time span to work together because we can really look at what's going on in that movement and it's not always or we have to work on strengthening the pelvic floor it could be that they're holding their breath in that movement because they're worried what's going to happen or um you know that they're holding lots of tension because again they're just like the more tension we give it kind of like the better the movements or whatever it is so you know some clients I work with for a couple of months other people you know six months um or even longer yeah and if someone is say postnatal and they're coming coming to you how long postnatal should they wait before they start? So um, there is a, a six-week checkup mm. with a GP, which um, varies in how good it is in quality. You know, and, and typically we used to say um, wait till that six-week check before you start doing anything um but actually if I'm working with a pregnant client she's got a little plan for that first six weeks before she goes to see a doctor Mm. um so yeah and a lot of people come around about that three month mark where they're like oh I thought I'd be you know a bit further on where I am at the moment with my healing um so it, it yeah it totally depends and that yeah. six-week check can often be just a couple of questions and with particularly with covid a lot of those checks were either just done on the phone or they haven't even happened yeah I get you I suppose they really do need to be going to like a female health physio after something like that 
more so than the GP, which again, it's nothing against the GP, but they're not really trained in a sense to, to deal with that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally, totally. And I think, you know, that certainly where I am, there is an automatic referral um, for some women, depending on perhaps the nature of the delivery that they have had. So okay. if they have had, I think it's a third degree tear, which means there's been quite significant um, tearing to the muscles. They will automatically be, um, you know, referred to an NHS physio. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my dream would be for everyone to see a pelvic health physio, like, you know, like you said, rather than the GP, because the GP doesn't have that specialist training, whereas a women's health physio does you know Mm. and countries like France and all new mothers offer you know a a whole series of you know physiotherapy sessions yeah you know we're we're not there doing that um which is is a real shame yeah as well so I'm in Ireland so if I can't imagine they're doing it either to be honest um because well we don't even have like the likes of the NHS so um I I would say it's a GP visit as well unless you're kind of organizing it yourself but I think it's you know it's interesting to say that like you know they're only getting the referral if it's like, like a grade three tear but just because there's no tearing or no issues whatever doesn't mean that everything's fine either yeah and I think you know um there is so much healing that happens after that magical kind of six week kind of sign off you know that is ongoing across that first six months first year perhaps even longer and yet you know the assumption is that six weeks everything should kind of be you know sorted out and you know healed and some women they their healing time is a lot quicker um so yeah, it's it's difficult to kind of say there's like a specific like time, but mm. it just takes longer than we think because the tissues are healing, the more damage there has been, whether that's been the nature of the delivery, that would take some longer healing time. So, you know, for, for many women who just want to get back to what they're doing, you know, that idea of slowing down and taking their time can be really challenging particularly if they are feeling really good they're kind of ready to go you know um you know it's, it's a challenging one to sort of step back and and kind of you know build back up you know I suppose well it can also be kind of difficult if you're told six weeks and you don't feel right after six weeks you can almost be like well what's wrong with me I, they told me it'd be six weeks yeah yeah exactly and, and that's the other side is yeah this magical kind of six week number and then you're not healed you're noticing symptoms then yeah that leads to people being like well why me Mm. and you know it's still not something we talk about a huge amount um and then that leads to you know more feelings of feeling like well I'm sort of by myself and everyone else is off doing buggy boot camp or they're back running and I'm experiencing this and you know that can be quite isolating for people yeah definitely I can imagine that as well because because you just as I said you said like it's not really talked about they are just going to be like well, what have I done wrong my body's not perfect again um which I think we, is why we need to like 
maybe they should say six week checkup is like a guideline you know not a set in stone you should be good to go bye see you later yeah it always um yeah, always used to like warm my heart when I used to see on like a screening form you know I'd ask about um have you been cleared for exercise by the GP where someone would write you know yes gentle exercise low impact exercise in terms of what they'd be cleared for because shows <laughs> like an understanding of it it is a case of kind of you know building building back up and and not going you know six weeks that that's it I'm doing park run or you know I'm, I'm back doing lifting the weights that I was before or whatever mm. I suppose well if you took six weeks off from training in general without the whole what you're doing there well like you know giving birth to a child um you shouldn't be going back to what you're doing straight away anyway because a quick way to injure yourself isn't it yeah exactly like almost like pelvic health aside um mm. and perhaps particularly if people haven't trained during pregnancy then yeah going from you know perhaps just walking to going back to exactly what they're doing can just be like challenging in itself <laughs> I think we forget that like you know um as well like you know it's not just a case that you're healing but if you have not trained for months if if it was me or you who took you know six weeks off or you know even I take a week off and then I take and when I go back I go I'm not going to go to what I was doing last week because I took a week off you know um but it's almost like forgotten about when it comes to pregnancy like you have taken at least six weeks off maybe longer you you won't be able to do what you could do before you stopped yeah um, and that's okay yeah and I think that's it and I think it is saying that that is okay mm. and that you don't have to be at that level um but also recognizing that someone's athletic ability or their goals is really important to them yeah. and finding a way to support them back to that and, and support how they feel about that as well because mm. sometimes that can be the most like challenging part of it is the the brain is ready to hit the ground running as it were excuse the pun mm. but the body is is actually perhaps not quite there mm. I find that I don't know if you've noticed this I know you kind of work with predominantly women but I feel like they take it to heart more when they can't do what they think they should be able to do. Whereas lads kind of just get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they feel crap, but they just won't tell us. But <laughs> yeah, I think quite often um, for, for anyone, like our, perhaps like our athletic achievements are really important to us. Mm -hmm. They're they say something about us they're like a part of our identity and you know when you've had a baby and you have this whole transition into motherhood and it is all different and you can't you don't know what it's going to be like unless you've done it before and even then it's different each time it almost it gives someone like something familiar to hold on to mm. and I think it's it's there as a little bit of an anchor to yeah. this is the this is me and it's almost like a this is me but also this is me as well and 
you know there's there's more to think about so it's 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 complex from a psychological perspective as well I suppose as well like becoming a mother it's not just having a child it is a whole new identity that you're not used to it doesn't matter if you have one well like if you have one before yes you'd be like okay well I'm already a mom but like especially if you say like you know say being athletic was part of their identity that's part of their comfort you know to want to be able to do that again yeah yeah and it's not saying that that's a a, you know you can't have that Mm. but there's actually some you know some considerations some more considerations and you will get there again you just have to be patient yeah and I think what you're not able to do in that moment where you're feeling like I'm ready to go right you know I want to be in shape again or I want to lift those weights again or whatever is it feels like six weeks is a long time to have not exercised you know or even longer if if, you know weren't training during pregnancy and you can't you don't have the benefit of hindsight because it just feels like I haven't exercised for so long I haven't been in the gym and I miss it but when you're able to look back you'll realize that the, the time that you took to perhaps build up and recover in the grand scheme of things, because you want to be doing the exercise you love for your whole life is such a short space yeah. of time, but you can only appreciate that by being a bit further down the line and looking back and being able to say, oh, yeah, six weeks was early, actually. There was all this stuff going on, getting to, you know, grips with being a mum and not having much sleep and, you know, feeding and all like, you know, the, the a million things that you're sort of trying to deal with. Um, but yeah, you only get that by looking back. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, it is like on the grand scheme of things, it is so much smaller compared to, you know, Wait, you turn around and your kid's thirsty and you're like, how did that happen? (laughs) (laughs) You'll forget about that six weeks in no time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I think that is pretty much everything I've asked uh, of you today, because I think that was really, really interesting and really informative, especially that last little bit at the end. Though I do have one question I I ask everyone that is completely different. Oh, okay. The whole, yeah, the whole team. And that is, what is the best advice that you've ever been given? Oh, that's... And you can pick such, more than one. That's such a good one. Mm. Um, slow is fast. That's good. And I think that applies to so many things, whether it's, you know, recovering from a baby and getting back to things. It's... Uh, you know whether it's you know building a business or whatever like we always want to be somewhere else somewhere further along um and I often think there's a lot of um like beauty or just uh, yeah whatever it is and in just seeing where we are and noticing like the good things about that yeah I love that that is so good and it's so and I can't remember where it came from, but it always like, pops into my head when I'm like, you know, I'm not further along with things or clients are like, when am I going to get to this bit? It's, it, you know, it is quite grounding. 
Mm, yeah, no, actually, there's something I need to write in my whiteboard, actually, because I get like that um, <laughs> as well. Um, it, it's funny because when you speak about business, I can be like that. But when it comes to my training, I'm like, yeah, if it takes tr- like four weeks for me to add 2.5 <laughs> kilos, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it? In, in different contexts, we, yeah, it becomes yeah, easier in some than others. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent agree. Um, Jess, I did. I love that. Can you tell everybody where they can find you, Beth, before you go? Oh, yeah, totally. So I'm on Instagram um, and I am at Beth Davis Coaching. Um, It's I-E-S in the Davis. So Davies, pronounced Davis. um, (laughs) Or on my website, um, which is www.bethdaviscoaching.co.uk. And there's free resources on there, stuff to download. There's blogs talking about different elements of pelvic health and you know symptoms and all sorts of things on there as well yeah and I think as you're saying as well it's not just a pre or postnatal thing it can help so many different stages in life and different different symptoms as well and just a reminder if anyone is listening to this and thinking it's just a pre or postnatal thing because we did kind of talk about that a bit more it's one of the obvious ones I suppose but if you have any form of those symptoms get on to Beth because she can help you with it (laughs) and um for everyone for me as usual you can find me on Instagram and TikTok it's Chrissy H Fitness and my website is www.chrissyhawkins.com so just want to say thanks again for joining me today thanks so much for having me it's been really lovely chatting I really do appreciate everybody who listens to this podcast so if you please could help me with the algorithm and leave a review on apple Podcasts or spotify and even you know if you want to reach out and suggest topics for me i'd be delighted to hear from you drop me a dm on instagram or tiktok and thanks again for listening mm-hmm.